Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I hope everyone is having a good week. We are into January 2021. I know some people were thinking about getting a refund on 2021, but I think we may have evened out a little bit now. Yeah, I mean, it can only be crazy for so long. I mean, we're like six days into it and already... It's adding up to like what 2020 was. Ugh. Yeah, I think I think we'll be all right. Uh, you know, people can get their heads on straight and stop acting like psychos. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I suppose that is true. That 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 is true. I don't. I don't. There was something I wanted to talk about, like the beginning of the podcast, and I was like, oh yeah, I should talk about that. It'll be like zany banter. I don't know what that was. I didn't write it down. Yeah, I don't. I'm not good with. Uh, off script either but i do have something on the script that i can talk about (laughs) oh good (laughs) and um we are going to be partnering with the board game rundown that's tim and dan and some of our friends over on their channel someone has generously gifted us a copy of abomination the era frankenstein that we are going to be giving away so from january 17th at 12 a.m eastern time to january 30th 1159 p.m We are going to be running the contest on both of our channels, all of our social media to enter so you can win. And once the giveaway is over, we'll kind of, we'll figure out something to pick a winner. Maybe it's a joint video or something, something cool. And we'll pick one winner to win this awesome game. So if you want that game, you think the theme is cool, you don't have it. Or if you do have it and you want another copy because you're crazy like that, check us out on all of our social media. Check out Board Game Rundown and all there their social media and enter to win well and even if you um like wanted to win one copy and give it to someone else because you have a copy that's no that's that's mad that's madness right um yeah the game is really fun um i i feel like well and especially i when we were talking about this i suggested jason saying something to our friends over at game rundown because um it's a plot hat game and they do a lot of types of games that we here don't normally play or like. And so I think it's like a nice <laughs> bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like the, um, yeah, it's like that one game that makes the two different Ameritrash and Euro gamers like meet in the middle and have a good time playing games together. That's abomination. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. It's like the <laughs> the joining. It's the kumbaya of board games <laughs> for Euro and Ameritrash. Yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah, for sure. And and the person who who gave us this this game, like, wanted to remain anonymous, which I think is so awesome, um, because it's it's one of our 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 loyal listeners, and you know who you are, and you are my current fickle favorite i have to say who have we ever had an anonymous fickle favorite before i don't know we do now <laughs> that's cool that's awesome mysterious Ooh, <laughs> mr anonymous you are my fickle favorite <laughs> <laughs> that's funny this episode has already got a bunch of hot takes that's true firefighter's been demoted to an anonymous <laughs> Yeah, but not like the group anonymous because I don't know what those guys are into right now, and I just I just That's can't true. I can't side myself That's with true. them for sure. Not anonymous and anonymous, yeah. Right, right. 
There needs to be like a better, I don't know. Dr. Frankenstein himself. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like <laughs> there should be a yeah, nickname. I don't know. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, moving on to news, which I feel like I should have like a a cool like news theme. Like Dan and um, Spencer do like this news boys like weird song um but number one i'm too cool for that and number two um well i mean if dan says it it obviously goes without (laughs) saying that we're too cool for that (laughs) right right i'm not a news boy news gal i don't know that's dumb the more i think about that whole situation the more it's dumb (laughs) way to go dan you went from being cool (laughs) to being dumb in like 12 seconds so um i'll just talk about news and there's a couple i've got different types of news this is not all just Kickstarter news this week, but big news that came out this past week is the dates for Origins for 2021, which is one of, like, which is my personal favorite game convention, because um, it's really close to us. It's, like, maybe an hour away. Um, yep, yep. In, maybe not even an hour, but here, right here in Ohio, the heartland, um, and the city that I frequently visit, Columbus. They are moving to a fall date. So the dates for Origins, as of right now, in 2021 are September 30th through October 3rd. Um, They're hoping that, you know, the more that the vaccine gets out, um, that the numbers for COVID will go down, that we'll be able to have a safe gaming convention. Um, They did talk about certain safety precautions, um, you know, everyone wearing masks, doing some social distancing, um, doing temperature checks, you know, having, um, what is that stuff called? <laughs> uh, sanitizing, yes. Yeah. Sanitizing stations, those kind of things, um, to still make it safe. And I really hope it happens because I love origins. And also I love that it's in the fall. Um, it was fine in June, but it was the same weekend always as the, big pride parade in in columbus and that made parking very very difficult um especially on set on saturday um that's true and even, that was awful right was and even awful. getting to the convention hall was difficult because you're crossing it's like the parade route goes right by the convention center um so that that was i mean i'm sure there's something else going on in columbus this weekend but it won't be right there hopefully um and I just love the fall period. Like, it's cooler outside. It's like walk, walking to the market. It'll be nice. Like, I don't know. I well, kinda, I mean, I'm excited about that. In theory, it is Ohio, so who knows? Right. It could be 80 degrees. We don't know. Or it could be snowing. We don't know. <laughs> That's true. Um, that is true. There, All that is true. There could be a tornado. We don't know. It's Ohio. Um <laughs> But I'm excited. I really hope they have this year. We have gone to Origins maybe, what, five years now? Yeah, something like that. Five years sounds right. Um, Which was really fun. We've taken several of our friends that we've kind of helped introduce the hobby to the convention, and they've also become really invested in going to the convention every year. Um, We've met some riveted members there, and so I'd love to see you guys and more people there this year. So I hope that works out. Also, I was telling Jason, like, wearing masks is no problem for me. And actually, it might be a potential boon um, at a gaming convention because we have talked about gamer funk. And I feel like my mask (laughs) will help me combat. Put some chapstick on, some smelly good chapstick. You don't want to smell anything. Yeah. Although, like, 
um, two years ago when I was there, I wore this, I don't know, like I think a purple lipstick and Mandy, um, board game, board gaming, board gaming pinup. I forget what her handle is on social media. Yeah, she, I think that's right. She mentioned how much she loved my lipstick. And so that's the problem with the mask is you, it covers up your lipstick. You could draw the lipstick on the outside of your mask. I could. Um, I feel like it doesn't have the same charm. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I really hope it happens. I want to go so bad. So that is the Origins news. Yeah, I hope that happens, too, because two years without going to a convention would be sad. It would be sad very, times. very, very sad. All right. Well, moving on to better news is a rumor, apparently, but I I'm going to talk about it anyway. Yeah, I heard a rumor. Uh, Taverns of Tiefenthal expansion Woo! has kind of been announced. Um, the designer did a video. You can find it on YouTube. If you go to the BGG link for Taverns of Tiefenthal, you can find a article. But basically, what's go- what this game is going to add, it's going to come out in February or March of this year, supposedly. And it's going to add four new modules. You can mix in with the base game. So, you know, you can mix and match whatever you want. And there will be a guest room for your nobles, a wine cellar, an office for the host, and the mayor comes around with his own ideas on how to do the tavern business. So that's like a track. That's like like the, the faith track that slaps you around. It sounds like a slap you around track, which I hope it's a slap you around <laughs> track because I love those. I know you but, do. Yeah, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I'm just reading it from BGG. Some guy named Flash1094 posted it. So... I, I don't know. But he linked to the video, so you can go check out the video if you speak German, because I think the designer is speaking in German on the video. <laughs> that is one of the languages I don't know. Um, I really need to work on that. I've been working on my French, but not my German. Yeah, all I know is what I've learned from Ramstein, and that's probably not enough. Nine and Duhast. That's all you learn from Ramstein. <laughs> Duhast and nine. Yep, that is it. <laughs> that is it. Uh, and Wunderbar. They have a song that and says Wunderbar, too. Right. Um, and t- which, t- this expansion sounds Wunderbar. I mean, really? That's a perfectly accurate It really does. <laughs> I, Taverns is amazing already, and I feel like it doesn't even need anything else. So just seeing what could possibly be in this thing has me intrigued. So if you like Taverns of Teeth and Tall, maybe look around next month or the month after. You might get an expansion. Right. And and I, I got to say that I sniped this piece of news from um, the board game rundown. Is that what they're called? <laughs> don't give them credit. Yes, that's what they're called, but don't give them credit. I actually, I actually watched a video for the first time. People, I watched a <laughs> board game video. I watched a video they did. Um, and she did. She actually did. I was watching it with her. The whole thing. I mean, the whole thing, right? And I commented. <laughs> I feel like I deserve a prize, which really is so self-aggrandizing because it's sad that one video and I'm like, ooh, everybody celebrate me. Um, (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying to be better. However, um, when they're talking about it, I completely agree that the two mechanics that this game doesn't have that I really enjoy, that we really enjoy, is a track that smacks you around and asymmetric player powers. And it sounds like that's the potential to be... Those both those things maybe in this expansion, which would be Wunderbar. Yeah, I don't even care about the player powers, but I need a track that slaps me around. I mean, a game is not a Euro game without a smacking around track. Uh, I I like the player powers. I mean, <laughs> it's nice, but the track uh, I like more. I think. I wonder what that says about us as people. <laughs> 
Probably not good. We we don't want to look that. Nobody up. analyze that. If you're if you're doing any psychoanalysis of of our personalities based on our gaming preferences, don't just don't. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. So moving on in news, um, something that is definitely one of my preferences, even though I don't love Simon, and I'm gonna call it Simon. Don't try this come on business. No. I don't think there's an apostrophe in it anyway, which is what you need to make it come on. So Right, yep. There's no apostrophe. Nope. Right. So um, on Kickstarter, Simon presents the animation collection. And this is like ridiculously funded, um, but there still are four days left. You want to check this out. So they have put together three different games that are based on some pretty good animation. The first one is my favorite, Scooby-Doo. Gosh, I watched... And continue to watch with my children. So much Scooby-Doo. It was one of my favorite games as a kid. So they're doing the Scooby-Doo board game, which is a cooperative where you and the gang, I think you're members of the gang, um, trying to catch the monster before it terrorizes everyone in the town. And they've got like three like really key monsters from the TV show um, that you see like in it's So they're really good. Um, Also, there's a Teen Titans Go mayhem game and a looney tunes mayhem game and so both the mayhem games kind of work similarly where you you are the players are on teams and you're kind of doing like a battle and they've got really cool painted figures because why would you have these things if you didn't have cool figures so the pricing is a little weird so if you want one of the mayhem games which is teen titans or looney tunes um one is 50 bucks which Considering the miniatures that are in there, I, it's pretty reasonable. If you want the Scooby Doo game, which has more because you got to have all the gang, it's eighty bucks. Um, and if you want all of them, Scooby Doo, Teen Titans, and Looney Tunes, it's one hundred twenty bucks for the three. Which that I really is that really is a weird pricing. Why? So you get one game of the farce inferior games for fifty bucks, and then you get Scooby for eighty dollars. But then if you buy them all together, they're all forty bucks. Yes, because they want you to buy all of them. I know. I don't. I feel like it's called Teen promotional ones, pricing. The Teen Titan ones and Looney Tunes ones should be like twelve dollars because oh no one wants to gosh. play that way. And Scooby should be like forty or fifty. They still have to pay for the IPs, honey. Okay. And they've got like these cool promos and stuff. Ooh, like the Scooby Doo one. They unlocked like the Black Knight, and you can get Beast. It doesn't come with Beast Boy, Teen Titans Go. Come on, and then Yosemite Sam. Um, Are these er- Eric Lang games? I don't know. <laughs> You ask, I'm lucky that I knew the publisher, and I only knew it because it's in the title. Well, I wasn't sure if you were you were looking up the article or not. I, I am so looking I at the know. article, but I don't see anywhere where it says who who made them. All right, keep going. You can keep talking. For I'll, real, I'll I don't. I'm looking. I believe you. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just looking. Okay. Well, see, this says complete collection 160 bucks, but I swear... Oh, oh, it's 150, no, 120 for one Mayhem game and one, and the Scooby-Doo game. So if you want both Mayhem games and the Scooby-Doo game, it's $160. Excuse me. That is not what it says, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. When you click on the Back This Project button. Oh, it does. Whoops. My bad. <laughs> Way to go. I'm not calling you a liar. You're calling yourself a liar. No, I'm just... I'm editing. I'm going back and recorrecting. $160 for all three. All three. If you just want Scooby and one other game, it's $120. So really, it, that, makes more, that makes better sense for you, what you were saying. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're getting like a super huge discount for all three, which is fine. But it just it was weird. It makes more sense the it's way it's not that, that big of a it. discount. <laughs> there's no discount really now. No, the, the correct way. No, I mean a little bit. No, not really. Twenty dollars. Uh, Twenty dollar discount. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was a way better discount before. <laughs> <laughs> it was when I said the wrong thing. Uh, but especially the Scooby Doo game, like I. I would really like that. And it's, I mean, like I said, super funded. They only won $10,000 and they've made $211,000, And there's still four plus days to go. Because minis, that's why. Well, yeah, like I just take the minis and like sit them on my shelf. I don't even need to play the games. Yeah, I was super excited about this, the Looney Tunes one, the theme, because, dude, Looney Tunes are amazing. Agreed. But then you told me it was like a two-on-two battle-to-the-death type thing. Forget that mess. Forget that. <laughs> Other people like the two-on-two battle. And, like, you get to use, like, all the Acme stuff. Like, I think it's cool. And you're moving around this map as, like, the battlefield. So it seems kind of cool. Um, so I know there are plenty of listeners that like that. So check that out. Simon presents the animation collection. Four days left. Again, $50 for one of the either the Teen Titan or the Looney Tunes um, Mayhem game. 80 bucks for the Scooby. 160 if you want all three. Cool. Yeah. Just, I mean, if you're into minis, they, they do look nice. They look pretty amazing they do. on the Kickstarter page. They do. They do. Did you find who designed them? No, I couldn't find it. I even looked Thank on BGG you. and I couldn't even find them on BGG at all. It's a mystery. I bet it's not Eric. I'm lying then. <laughs> Probably not. He. The only reason I asked, because I was looking at Twitter and he posted these on Twitter, but I didn't see, he might've just been promoting them. I don't know. So I wasn't sure if he did them or he was just excited about it or whatever. I have no clue. Per usual. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's my news for this week. There's been heating up some kind of cool things on Kickstarter. Um, so I'll be back with more Kickstarter news next week. All right. So now we're going to talk about some games that we played. We don't have a ton of games that we played because we were getting a new bathtub put into our bathroom. <laughs> and that is more important than playing games because we got to be able to take a shower or we'll get gamer funk. And no one wants that. Yeah, we don't want to be Stinky Tim. <laughs> Or apparently Scott now. Or Sticky Scott. So yeah, we we had to remodel our bathroom partially. And so the gaming took a cut. It had to take a hit, it did. Yeah. So the last the games we're gonna talk about were actually from our last game night, which was last week, I think. And um we're gonna talk about an old and busted one, and then we're gonna talk about a new hotness, because that's how we roll here. We like to play old and busted and new hotness. So <laughs> Mostly old and busted, but... <laughs> Mostly old and busted, that's correct. I mean, we're not buying the new hotness. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> of course here, not. But <laughs> so the first game we, we're going to talk about is a Martin Wallace game about building swords right in our hometown of Ohio, and it's called Toledo. Hmm. I don't really think it's in Ohio. It's probably in Spain. It is in Spain. Yes, Toledo <laughs> is in Ohio, but not this Toledo. I mean, yes, I know Toledo's in Ohio. I, I'm aware of that. Um, so what this game is, is a Martin Wallace game where you're trying to, you're basically putting these um, tiles down on the board and creating the board as you play. So everybody has the same amount of tiles, but not everybody's going to get to put a tile out on the board. And the tiles are going to be different locations where you can collect steel, gems, maybe learn some um, sword fighting skills. Uh, you can go there to actually craft the sword. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to be first person well the first person that gets three people to the end of the board with three crafted swords into the game and then whoever has the most points from crafted swords is the winner uh it's basically um i don't know like a pickup and deliver game sort of you're going to pick up some resources you're 
turning those resources into swords and then you're delivering the sword to the castle or whatever it was called at the end. It was a big building. Yeah, I don't know. And um, whoever does that the best, probably if you were the one that gets all three of your swords over there, you're going to win. But no, yeah, that's a, didn't you win? I don't know. I don't remember if I won or not. I didn't think I did, but maybe. Yeah, I think you won because you had three over there and you were the only one. Because the other swords that you don't get to the building are only worth half points. So you got all your points because you delivered all three of your swords. Uh, yeah. Also, like, this is maybe jumping ahead because I don't know if you're still describing the game, but I placed almost all of my tiles, my business tiles. Right. So, so I, then whenever somebody lands on your building, they got to pay you a fee, which kind of stinks. Yes, but... So I felt like I, I tried to be real strategic in this game because I thought, uh, I don't know, this game is wicked ugly and I'm not that interested in it. So I'm just going to kind of play my own thing. And so I was like, okay, I got a bunch of fives in my hand. And so you can only, you move and you can make multiple moves on the track if you have multiple cards of the same number. So I thought, okay, I've got several fives. I'm going to set myself up. So at least for a couple of movements, I only land on myself or on like the community spaces. So that I'm saving myself cards and um, I'm not helping out other people. So then I started building up like my little business route by putting out like my gems and my sword crafting things. I didn't even put out any of like the like sword fighting dual skill things. So I'm like, screw those things. But I put out all the other six before I even moved a single person. And it really paid off in my favor, I think. Yeah, it did. Everywhere that everybody else would move, there would be a stupid yellow piece there, and we had to give you cards. It was annoying. It was super annoying. It was super awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, did you did you like this game after you uh, figured it out? Um, it was okay. I mean, I would not choose to play it, but I would play it again. I don't think I need to own this either. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a super light Martin Wallace game. So if you were going to introduce somebody to Martin Wallace, this would probably be one that I would pick because it's really easy to play. Dude, I'd pick London. <laughs> Well, London's definitely more complicated than Toledo is, though. I know, but it's worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I like London a thousand times better, too. But I just think, as far as, like, accessibility goes, Toledo is definitely easier to learn. Yeah, yes, I would agree, because it is very light. But I think if I'm going to put the effort into learning a Marty Wallace game, I'm going to completely bypass that and go straight to London. I'm going to put the extra effort to help make sure people are able to understand the mechanics in London as opposed to, I feel like this is an inferior game. It was okay. And like, I like the little gems, you know, like that was fun. And I like pissing people off. So I liked playing all of my little shops. Like, Oh, you really want a gem? You could always go to mine. I'll, I'll give you it. I just need a card. No big deal. So that was kind of fun. Like every, I think Jason said every odd number or something or even number you couldn't go without landing on one of mine. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was terrible. It felt awesome. It felt awesome. I think I liked this more than you. I was terrible at it, but it was still, it was still fun. It's just a, a simple like set collection, pick up and deliver game that had really awesome, hideous art oh my that gosh, I really the liked. Art was so ugly. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. And that's saying something because we got a lot of <laughs> ugly games. But yeah, that game ain't got no alibi. It's ugly. Yeah, it's Mayfair. They never really cared too much about that. So, um, and that's apparent by looking at that one. <laughs> but I, I thought the gameplay was cool. It's not like a Martin Wallace that I'd probably keep going back to over and over. But I'm glad that I played it because it was entertaining to me. Right. And I think it does some things kind of differently than a lot of other games like that. Oh, I can keep playing if I 
um, have the same number, but I'm also need to sacrifice some of certain numbers in order to land on certain spots. I got to pay like a, a fee. So I, I think that there are some cool mechanics about it for sure. Yeah, for sure. That card play was pretty neat. All right. So moving on from old and busted, we're going to go to some new hotness. How new is it? So 2020. I'm pretty sure it just um, delivered like end of 2020, I think, because it was a Kickstarter. I it might be a little older than that, but it's the end of 2020 is when it came out. The BGG says 2020 in parentheses after it. Oh, nice. Yeah, but it, it was yeah the end of the year for sure because I think Chris just got it before he brought it over, maybe like a week or so before mm-hmm. that. So Decemberish. So that game, we should probably tell what the name of that game is. Oh. Is Tungaroo or Tungaroo, however you say it. I, I don't know. Um. And this is um, designed by two of the designers of Rococo. The Maltz, I think. What are their name? Stefan and Leo Maltz. That's off the top of my head. I have no idea. Uh, well, but I certainly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not Eric M. Lang. I do know that. That is true. I also know that. <laughs> so this game is a dice placement game. Yes, malls. Where you're trying malls, to... MLZ. Yeah, malls. M-A-L-Z. Malts. 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 I don't know. Whatever. I'm not German. I'm not German. Um, so what? this is a dice placement game where you have to... You put your dice in these these cool little boats, and you're only allowed to use your dice either on your own player board or on an island that you're adjacent to. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to trade with these islands to get resources, um, recruit these um, different people that are at the island so they can come over on your player board and either give you in-game points or during game abilities and in-game points. It's a, and you also have some little settlers, I think is what they are. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the term was, but you have these three little workers that you can put out on the board where you can take actions by exhausting them as opposed to spending a dice. Yes. So the, the more people you have out, the more actions you can take in a round because you need to have as many actions as possible to be as efficient as you can. So that's kind of the gist of the game. It's got like a, what, Polynesian or Micronesian theme, I think. Yeah. Something Nisia. Polynesia. Yeah. I'm not sure which one it was. I, there's probably some controversy. I have no idea. But it has a, a theme, some kind of theme with boats and water and stuff. And um, yeah, it was cool. So I enjoyed this game. I thought the art was cool. I thought it was, we played it at four players, which I think was a little too long for, for me. But again, two of us were learning it playing it for the first time and two of the players had already played before as two players only so they probably knew a little bit more than we did but outside of it being too long i thought the gameplay was cool it had some interesting mechanisms that i kind of enjoyed and haven't seen done a lot and i like it so what did you think about tungaroo or tungaroo i liked it so yeah this is about polynesians it's actually like tungaroo is actually a place now it's known as the gilbert islands in case you wanted to know that. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what those are. Okay. Don't need to be snotty about it. <laughs> I'm trying to make up for your colossal whiteness here, okay? And just help people out. Good, good luck. <laughs> Wunderbar. So, I, I, I really like this. I actually would really like to play this again because I felt like there are a lot of different strategies because you're collecting... Um, you're recruiting these nomads to kind of come be on your tribe and they have special powers, but they also have like these in-game scoring things. And so there are different types of in-game scoring. And I think I didn't, I don't know. They found the most effective way to do that, which makes me a little leery because I'm afraid that there's only one good way to do that. Um, However, I do like that 
yeah, you can get points throughout the game, which I did not. I mean, like, really did not. But you can kind of make up for it with these in-game, the in-game goals, which is something that I kind of like to do. I like to kind of focus on that. And I think that's why I really enjoy this game, because I like looking at those kind of long-term um, end payouts. Uh, uh, little boats are cool. The dice are cool. You also play these leader cards on each turn, which is like whatever your your person is that turn. It's like everyone it simultaneously chooses it, and you flip it over. And they can either give you an extra die, they can give you like, they give you a couple, like they each have like a special power for the round. And then they also have like some dice placement areas or things that you can use during that round, which I think is a really another kind of cool concept, which allows you to make your turn even more varied and different. And this one's pretty. So, I mean, it's no, Tole- it's no Toledo, but it looks Well, awful. I mean, you know. <laughs> we can't all be the ugly stepsister. <laughs> So in contrast, I, I really like this and I would like to to play it again or more than once, actually, to see to see if if there are multiple paths to victory or if um, there is like one surefire way that you should do. And I didn't. I don't know. But I liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Going back to that card thing, I kind of feel like the card piece was just tacked on at the end. It seems like they had this game. With the worker placement, you know, the dice and boat piece. And then they're thinking, you know, we need to have some player powers. How are we going to do that? Well, let's give everybody these cards. They can play a card and then maybe everybody will have different abilities and they can all have different special powers. Yeah, I like the different special powers. I don't know. I The card piece was my least favorite part of all of it. Maybe they should have tacked on like this evil tiki god that came and like took resources yes. away from you every other round. Now I like where you're sitting. Oh, you're okay. Okay. I like that. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, what's that? Um, what's the um, evil god from um, Moana? Taka. Yeah, she comes and slaps you around, trying to steal back her heart. It's not Moana the game, okay? It is now. All right, whatever. I, I do think the artwork is beautiful, and I-, I like that it's a different theme than has been tried. I think before. Um, I always like it when we culturally represent different people groups. And not not in a way like yeah it's not a perfect representation, um, but at least it's not about going to the islands and pillaging them and taking their natural resources. You're actually working within the, the infrastructure. So I I liked it. I thought it was good. I always feel bad because theme is so wasted on me. Like <laughs> it is. I I literally I know that game had color. As of right now, I can only remember that there were boats in it. Oh it, my it just gosh. looks like a game of cubes and colors. Like, literally, I couldn't tell you. I knew the theme was Micro-Polynesia because Chris was saying something about it because there was controversy. Outside of that, couldn't tell you. No, no idea. They had the shaped resources, too. The coconuts and the fish See? and the pearls. Didn't even, remember, didn't even remember that. Oh, I love those little wooden-shaped pieces. And then all the, like, leader cards were really pretty. Because I remember I commented that the trader woman, she was she was fluffy like me. And I'm like, yeah, represent. All I remember was we were calling the chef. No, the, the chief, chief the chef. chef. <laughs> I do remember that. Not again, we. That's... Not we. Okay. I want we that to be explicit. We were all doing it because I started it. We, we were all doing it. Thank you very much. We did not, as I point to myself. <laughs> we did not. All right. You're right. You're way better than me. You're way classier game player than I am. Thank you for saying that out loud, even though everyone knew it already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's enough talking about that game uh, and the games that we played. Let's move on to the hot topic of the week. 
hot this topic is, but it is certainly something that we love to talk about. And today's episode is about our favorite push your luck games. Now, before we jump into this list, I feel like we need to define our terms because I don't like it when people just throw around terms that may, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Dan, party games don't mean that. (laughs) But push your luck games, when we were talking about push your luck games, and I was looking, as I was looking through the list on BGG, what they say is push your luck, which a lot of them, I'm like, you are drunk, BGG, go home. That's not true. Um, there are some like blind bag kind of games and things that were on the list, like Fool's Gold. Um, oh, what was another one I talked about? I don't know. Are you asking? Yeah, I have no idea. That was like <laughs> of course you 12 minutes know. ago. Yeah. Um, but those kind of games aren't really push your luck for me. That's like a different mechanic in my opinion. But I'm talking about games that you decide when you stop or continue. Because really that's the fundamental like gambling, you know, version behind push your luck is that, you know, I've won this much. Am I content with this? Or do I just keep going to see if my luck's going to run out? So that's what these games are like. Also, you know, we're each going to name three. And since we talk about push your luck games so much, because it is a mechanic that we super enjoy, because apparently we are gambling addicts or something. Um, At least Jason, like, I actually would gamble money. Jason would never gamble real money. So I guess I'm not that concerned by how much he loves push your luck. Um, That is true. Yep. (laughs) Unless it's free gambling, I'm out. (laughs) Which defeats the purpose of gambling for it to be free. Um, we we try to kind of pick some things maybe we don't talk about all the time, but we do have some honorable mentions at the end that you'll probably be familiar with because we really do love Push Your Luck. So, babe, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Because I feel like I've yeah, just I can start. talked for a long time. <laughs> I can start. That's fine. Okay. Uh, um, so the first one that I'm going to talk about is a game that we've talked about on the podcast numerous times and games played. I think it was in my top 100 or at least top 150 and that game is called celestia um this is a a a gorgeous game it has amazing art awesome production and what you're doing in this game it's it's a dice game so on your turn you're going to be captaining be the captain of the airship and you're going to be rolling these dice what the other players are going to do is they're going to determine if you have cards in your hand that match the symbols on those dice and they can either decide to push their luck and think that you have the dot the cards that play or they can jump out on the island and take some points so they may you may be at the first island you're rolling two dice you could have a pile of cards in your hand but i might roll some dice that i don't have those cards but you think oh it's the first island i can go nope we fail we crash so no one gets anything so that's kind of how the push your luck works in this is you're trying to determine if you want to put your fate in the captain's hands or you want to jump out and just take the points now it's a really cool game you can play up to like seven people or something it can play a whole bunch of people And it doesn't matter how many people play because everybody's always playing, which is cool. So my first one is Celestia. Yeah, I hadn't played this game because it was one of the games that Jason played with everybody else but would never play with me. Uh, And I finally played it, I don't know, Thanksgiving or something maybe? Yeah, I think it was Thanksgiving. Around there. And yes, it is so, so, so pretty, which is what I absolutely love. But it is really fun. I don't think I've ever even come close to winning this game. But it doesn't matter because for me, this is a really great like game experience where, um, you know, everyone's kind of like, ooh, what are you going to do? What do you have? Do I help you out? Do I not? Do I, am I chicken? Am I jumping out? Like, 
And it's also has the ship is like real tactile and like little propeller in the back spins and you put people in it and you can knock it over when it like crashes. Because, of course, I love that kind of gimmick. So maybe another reason why I never won is because I kept playing with the ship the whole time. Um, but yeah, like this, I, I like I like this pusher luck game. I really do. Good choice. Um, my first one is a little card game that is pusher luck. And who brought this over? Was this Chris? I think it was Chris. Chris yeah, I think it was Chris. Yep. It's called No Thanks. Um and at first, when they described it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to like this game at all. Why are you making me play this? Which is how I feel about, like, probably 85 to 90% of the games that Chris brings over. <laughs> I'm always like, why? Don't make me play that. Don't. That looks, ugh. But I do end up liking a majority of them. Like, uh, uh, far and away, a majority of them. Um, and no thanks is no exception. So in this game, you have some chips in your hand. And those are going to help you pass on cards you don't want. This kind of has that golf mechanic, score mechanic, where you want to get the lowest amount possible. So the cards have numbers on them. You set aside a certain number of cards that are out, but you don't know which numbers those are in the order of things. The cards run from, what, 1 to 30? Really high. 39 or 36 or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Um, And whatever cards you take that becomes your points. But if you get cards in a run, for example, the lowest card of that run is the only number you count. So you're you're going around and a card flips over and you decide, do I want that? Well, if it's a 12, well, that's 12 points, but there's also 30 some points in there. And if I don't want the 12, I have to get rid of one of my chips in order to pass. And so you're managing the chips in your hand. You're deciding, oh, do I want to take this now? Am I going to hope that maybe I'm going to get a run if I take like a 12 and a 15? Can I get the 13 and a 14? Um, or somebody else going to take it from me? Um, do I want to take this card just because all these I get all these chips and I can pass on other ones? And every chip you have left at the end of the round um, will subtract from the score that you accumulated. It is, it is so easy, but really, really fun. I really like it. Um, so my first one is no thanks. Yeah, this is a good one. There's no reason this game should be as fun as it is. Right? There really isn't. Like, it's super fun. I, I don't understand it, but it's good. All right, so the next one I want to talk about is a game from Days of Wonder. Um, and this one does have the mechanism where you pull stuff out of the bag. But you get to choose when you're going to stop. So that's why I included it on here. And it is called Deep Blue. So what you're doing on this is you are traveling around the ocean to different like wreck sites and you're you're going to be diving to try to, you know, get artifacts, gems, so on and so forth. But you need to make sure you don't run out of oxygen or you don't get attacked by sea monsters. So you're trying to pull out these gems out of the bag before you hit a certain amount of blue or black gems which are oxygen and sea monsters. So you may want to keep going to get a pile of points because you can play cards that are going to amp up your the amount of money that you're going to get. Or you may just pull out a few because you're scared that you're going to run out of oxygen. So it's got that cool tension of pulling stuff out of the bag, but still gives you some risk because you never know what you're going to pull out. Outside of that, it's just moving around on the board and trying to go to locations. But the push your luck lies in what you're, you're digging out of the bag. So I think it fits, and I really like it. So my second one is Deep Blue. Yeah, um... I can't decide if I like this game or not. I definitely don't like it as much as you. I feel like I don't play it based on the push your luck factor, which is maybe why I don't like it. I'm just like, I'm there 
building up my set my hand and getting like good cards that allow me to um, capitalize on either like other people's dives so I don't have to push my luck and let them push their luck and then me just reap the rewards. Yeah, you're the you're the ocean mooch. <laughs> you, you mooch on everybody's dive sites. I am like a, just like a creeper. Like, oh, you going diving? Cool. I'll I'll stand here and hold this equipment for you while you do. No big deal. And I'll take a cut. Thanks. Yeah, I think maybe maybe I need to play it somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what my aversion to it is. But then when I play it, I feel like I kind of like it. I don't know. Hmm. You're just you're just a hater. <sighs> well, you know, it's my job. Uh, my second one, I debated on whether or not I thought this was pusher luck. And while there are a number of other mechanics happening in this game, I think that pusher luck is a huge part of it. And that is clank. And really any of the clanks. Because with clank, yes, it's a deck builder. No doubt. Um, but it's a deck builder board. And part of your goal is you have to go underground to grab an artifact and then get back out. Now, you're always thinking, do I go further? Do I get a bigger artifact? Do I collect something else? There's push your luck in that element of the game. Also, you are getting coins, like you're or getting, I don't know what it's called when you decide to spend it. What are those called? Because the coins are for something else entirely. Um, skill? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, we played this a billion times. <laughs> I have no idea. Apparently, Again, I, it's just... I killed the It's icon on the left and icon on the right. That's all I know. Um, yeah, so you get your skills so that you can add more cards to your deck. But adding more cards to your deck from the market pulls out the potential of a dragon attacking, which could pull out your cubes. And then there are certain really good cards that require you to put clank in. And so then it's, am I going to push my luck by adding more clank to the bag? Am I going to push my luck by getting more cards out in the market that could trigger a dragon attack. You know, there are a lot of elements where you're like, do I stay or do I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Um, so that's really what Clank is kind of about. Um, and so I, that's why I considered it to be a push or luck game. And I, I like that element of the game. Not as much as I like the deck building part, which I really love, but I think that that is, is a really cool feature of it. So... My second one is Clank. Yeah, this is a good one. And just as a, a plug, Clank Legacy is amazing. If you haven't played that, do it now. Um, all right. So the last one I want to talk about before we get into it, before Katie talks about her last one, is Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms once every 100 million years. And, no. Um, <laughs> it's 10 years, I think, or something like that. It's a really long title for a really small game. Um, and this is from Yellow. What you're doing in this game is... All the, really, all that comes in this game is a bag with some blo- um, some cherry blossoms, little cherry blossom leaves, and two cards. And you're going to on your turn, you're going to be pulling some some blossoms out of that bag, and you're trying not to get either three of the same color or two black ones. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but you're I just trying to right. or or every color. If you get every color, I think you bust two. So you're trying to pull colors out of this bag to put them either in front of your player screen or behind your player screen to score different points for ha- for different sets of colors. But you can bust, so it's got that thing like Deep Blue where you can keep going as long as you want, but you could bust. So you might want to stop even with one or two blossoms to get some points, that kind of thing. Um, it's a cool game. It's really simple, really easy to play. It plays in about 20 minutes at two players. Um, if you play it at four players, it's exactly the same as two, just more stuff in the bag. 
I like it. Probably not the greatest game ever. I'll, I'll admit to that. It's not the greatest push your luck game ever, but I like it. And it's a cool theme and it has really cool art on the box, considering that's all the art in the game. And I dig it. So the last one I'm going to talk about is Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms every 10 years. I really like this game. It's really pretty. Of course, it's Asian themed. Um, I I think that like you're making really good decisions. Plus, you're like at the whim of what's going to come out of the bag. I like it. It's so simple and yet like really kind of frustrating and also really beautiful. I, I really like it. My last one is obviously the clear choice. Probably the best push your luck game. The best probably icebreaker game. Jab, jab, wink. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's not Taverns of Tiefenthal? No. What kind of? Oh, I can't even get into that. Like, I can't, I can't even pull my soapbox out. We don't have time for that. <laughs> but I would say one of my clear favorite push your luck games is Quacks of Quedlinburg. Like, that game is so good. Um, do I keep pulling out what's good in my bag? What have I put in there? Like, yeah, my three white is still in there. And that would totally make me bust. But there is a one. There's like one, one. I mean, you know, it's like classic push your luck. Um, and everyone I've ever introduced this game to has loved it. Like, it's just so fun and so compelling. My sister, again, I mentioned her before, the accountant stick in the mud. Um, she loves this game. I bought it for her for Christmas and she was so freaking excited. She's the one that told me that she had seen about this additional expansion coming out. Like not the herb, Witches one, but the newest one that's still in German. Like she really is into this game, which I think is so crazy. It must be the gambler in, in our hearts as Sandy's, but it, it just really walks that great line of, of like an easy, simple draw stuff out of a bag, push your luck. There is I mean you can have strategy in it and you can play it kind of game and there's enough other bits happening that it can be really gamery that the most intense gamers love this game. I mean even those stinky people that like miniature games love this game. I mean it is just undeniably a great great game and the push your luck element of it makes it so fun that tension and and in a lighthearted way. It's so good. So yeah. My last one is Quacks of Quedlinburg. I mean, this is, I mean, this should be my number one too, but we didn't want to have a bunch of overlap. So Quacks of Quedlinburg is my favorite push your luck game. 100% agree with you. Couldn't agree more. Yay. Um, We had a couple of honorable mentions of things that kind of we talked about. Um, Abyss is one that, again, doesn't look like it would have anything to do with anything as lighthearted as push your luck. And, the whole the game has a, there's other mechanics at work, but that really great like market of okay, do you want this card? Is it a good one? Is it's a four in a color that you want? Ooh, is that too high? Ooh, what if it comes with the pearl? Like, do you want that? Um, how much are you willing to pay for it? Do you not want me to have it? There there is a great push your luck element in that game as well. Um, so I agree with you. The flipping the little guys on abyss is great. And definitely gives you that feel. It's not as good as some of the other ones, but it does still give you what you're looking for. Uh, the next one we're going to put on the honorable mentions is Zularetto. Now, the whole game is not really push your luck, but the the way the game works is you're putting these little tiles out on these trucks. Uh, the tiles are going to be animals or like food carts or whatever. 
So you're trying to determine, do I want to reach in this bag, grab a random tile and put it on a truck, or do I want to take a truck now that has at least something that I want on it to get it into my zoo to score me some points? Because if I don't take it now, I might get stuck with something that I don't want. So you're kind of, you know, playing chicken back and forth with people to see what they're going to take and what they're going to pull out of the bag. Just uh, it gives you still gives you that that push your luck tension, but in a different way, I think. But I think that's kind of why we included it here. Yeah, and of course, no push your luck list would be complete without the gambler, which is a, a wonderful push your luck game. Again, like you want to make that money. So, you know, am I going to bid high in this game? Am I going to go for it? And when you roll doubles even, okay, am I going to try again? Or is it double 12s? Uh, double, I can't remember. Or double sixes, I mean. Yeah, I think double sixes. And if you or if you can roll them again, I think it's just, or is it doubles? Just doubles in general. Doubles in yeah, general. doubles in general. Yeah. You know, am I am I going to try and roll again, or am I just going to take the movement, like or whatever? Like, I think there's there's lots of different, like I love there's different pusher luck elements within the one kind of pushing your luck game, um, and yet it's a simple roll and move. So yeah, gambler always. And another simple roll and move that is also back from the day, go for broke. Um, it has a couple elements of push your luck. It has this game that you can play called Snake Eyes, where you're trying to roll dice to lose as much money as possible. But if you ever roll a one, you earn money. If you roll double ones, you earn a lot of money. Um, there's also some push your luck on how you're going to go um, play at the casino games. Um, it, it doesn't have as much push your luck, I think, as some of the other games, but it does have some, and it's amazing. So we had to include it on our list. Go for broke. And for kids, um, a game that we just got our daughter for Christmas, Creatures and Cupcakes, which Jason and our daughter Roy did a video on not too long ago on our YouTube channel. I will shamelessly plug it. Um, it's a push your luck game where you're drawing these cupcakes out of a bag to feed your dragon. But if you give him like two of the same color cupcakes in a row, he kind of gets the zoomies and like has a sugar coma and you bust, which I think is kind of, it was just pretty funny. And there's some really interesting push your luck elements and like a kid game, which I think is really great. And the theme is fun. Um, so definitely creatures and cupcakes want to check out. Yeah. It's like quacks of Quedlin- Quedlinburg for kids, which is pretty cool. Um, and the last game on honorable mentions is Fire in the Library from Weird Giraffe. Um, this is a game where you're trying to rescue books from a burning library. You're doing that by pulling cubes out of a bag, trying not to get um, a certain amount of fire cubes, or you bust. So it's that same kind of deal where, like in Creatures and Cupcakes, where you can keep going as long as you want, but you pull out a certain amount of fire, your turn's over, you wasted it. So you need to determine when you're going to stop. Really good game. Had to be on the list. Yeah, I love it. If only we had the book shaped. If and only if. Yeah. Well, so many regrets in life. So many. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, yep. So what pusher luck games did we miss? I mean, there are your typical Yahtzee style games that I'm sure we could have talked about. And you're free to tell us about them. Where, you ask? On our Facebook page. Right where this little, uh, I'm sure Jason posts every week announcing our new episode post there or if you're not part of our hashtag the riveted facebook group you need to be it's where all the cool people are and the not cool people are we let them all in um but it is a great place to just talk about games and 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 just be positive and enjoy camaraderie and then tell us about great push or luck games that you like or go to twitter we're on twitter we're on instagram post pictures 
of the Best Pusher Luck Games on Instagram and tag us. Um, and YouTube. Our podcasts are available on YouTube as well. Some of you only listen to us on YouTube. Hey, guys, you're awesome. Um, or comment on some of our videos. You'll find videos of Pusher Luck Games from us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications. I stole that from Bob. That was like a good one. <laughs> Because I don't use YouTube, obviously, <laughs> since I don't watch I ne- videos. I never say any of that stuff ever. I probably should, but oh well. I just do like, su- subscribe, comment. Um, because we a really... Lot of people say, Go ahead. A lot of people say smash that bell icon. That's dumb. It is dumb. Who I know says people that? People say it. YouTubers. Dumb people. <laughs> Hi, we're the board game mechanics. We like to call people dumb. People that are doing dumb things deserve to be called out, Okay. It's dumb to say smash that bell. No. Click on the bell and you'll get notifications about all of our awesome videos. Or subscribe and they'll be right there in your YouTube feed. I'm not saying I want to say smash. I was just adding that in. Okay. Well, I was just clarifying that we will not say that because it's dumb. Mistakes were made. Okay. Mm. I'm sorry. I'll I'll be quiet now. (laughs) Wunderbar. Um, yeah, we, we really like to hear from you guys and we really love push your luck games. So if there's some out there that we need to know about that y'all are hiding from us, let us know. Cause we will jump on that push your luck bandwagon. Cause we, we really love that mechanic for sure. And if you don't love that mechanic, number one, shame on you. And number two, tell us about it and why you don't like it. Because I, I want to encourage healthy debate. And if you don't like it, you probably just want to play a game that has a track that slaps you around. I understand. I get it. You get love it. Push Your Luck. I know, but maybe they don't like Push Your Luck, but they do like the track that slaps you around. And I can, you know. We are not talking that. about the track that slaps you around. That's not what this episode is about. We are always talking about the track that slaps Stick you around. Stick to the script, Jason. You already said, I don't have anything to say that's off script. That is off script, my friend. I got news for you here. The intro and the closing are always off script. Thank you very much. That's why you usually don't talk during them, and I would like us to keep going in that direction. Let's keep up the pattern of the last 150 episodes, okay? <laughs> you sit there, and you smile, and you look kind of pretty, okay? You do that. No one can see you, so. <laughs> I look gorgeous, then. <laughs> I love you. Um, I'm just going to keep going, because you shouldn't be talking at this point. So please find us on social media and comment where we can't get derailed, Okay. I think that's enough for this episode. Oh, but I do want to reiterate. Um, our abomination giveaway. Check that out. Go to our Facebook page. I think it's pinned at the top. Um, it's also on our I website. W- I would tell you if you're correct, but I can't talk anymore. I'm just going to assume I'm correct like usual. So spin <laughs> <laughs> to the top of our Facebook page. If it's not, I'll make Jason pin it there. After we finish recording this. Retroactively correct. <laughs> That's right. Uh, All right. Um, I feel like I had some sugar or something, but I really didn't. Just feeling. I think, I think it, dairy. He had some dairy. I, I had some dairy. I drank water at dinner. I didn't even have any caffeine, but I feel like I'm Jodo the Idiot Circus Boy. <laughs> Jojo. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we should probably wrap this up. We should. Um, thanks, guys. If you made it this far. We're sorry. I apologize. We're sorry. And you're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Jason keeps saying, oh, we, we had a lot of listens. And I'm like, why? <laughs> People are masochists, apparently. 
I think that's you because you like tracks that slap you around. Oh, that's true. Yep, I'm in good company, I guess. I guess so. All you, all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's solidarity, folks. All right, I've been Katie. <laughs> and I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Boondola! It's like my catchphrase for the episode was Wunderbar.